0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Strategy. Um, I am joined by Jason, the GM of the Padres. How's it going, Jason?
1: It's going all right. How are you doing, Johnny?
0: I'm um, all right. Uh, hanging in there, getting a podcast in during the workday, which is always always fun. Don't tell my employer. Um, cool. So, yeah, like I like I said, this is going to kind of um, just be a similar format going forward for all these episodes um, but the first thing I want to ask is um, what your general approach to the 2024 season is um, whether you're hoping to contend or if you have other goals in mind I think both you and Brian are kind of in interesting positions where it might not be uh, totally obvious one way or the other so I'm curious what your um, what your goal is for the season
1: Uh yeah I mean I'm I'm hoping to contend that's kind of, you know, been my plan for the off season. not made, you know, the big move I made was getting Buxton, um, you know, not really ready to pack it in with this, this group yet with, you know, Tatis, Grisham, Gore, Paddock, that, that kind of centerpiece of my team. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a brutal division to be in obviously, as, as you know, now, um, <laughs> you know, with, with your Dodgers and the Rockies, the Diamondbacks are good and The Giants are coming up, uh, it might. This might end up being kind of a last stand for me um, before I do have to decide what I'm doing, you know, moving forward. Because mm-hmm. uh, after this year, I think I have one more arbitration year on Grisham, two more on Gore, um, and then I have to start paying people. So it, we'll we'll see where I am at after this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to compete this year, but we'll see. You know, may, maybe a fire sale it come come July,
0: right. Yeah, I was I was looking at some of your uh, contracts and yeah, Gore is gonna he's gonna make some serious money. I feel like where you know whether it's you or someone else paying him, whoever pays him, he's gonna make some some cash. Um, those ratings are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, you you mentioned a lot of good players that you have on your major league squad, so I can imagine um, it's not the easiest thing to. You know, just drop everything and and stop contending when you have guys like Tatis and Gore and all them. Um, so, and definitely a tough division, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, when I put that poll up for my team saying it, you know one of the options being miss the playoffs, <laughs> I actually do think there it is a very legitimate <laughs> uh, you know scenario that any good team in this division could could miss the playoffs just because of how many games we all are going to play against each other. Um, but uh, yeah. So then um, I guess the, the next question is you're just, when you are evaluating your team as you kind of, you know, come into a new season, um, is there something that you really look at first that kind of dictates, um, you, you know, whether you're going to contend or, um, you know, just kind of curious what, what your first, you uh, take is when you're you're really evaluating the team um you know let's say after uh you know the the offseason starts and you're trying to look to the next year
1: yeah i'm just kind of looking at where you know where i stand in terms of you know if at the end of the year i kind of look at what my what my team looks like where i need to fill holes um see if it's worth it to try and you know take another shot at a winning season and i felt like i had enough young talent on this team where i could could try to you know win in 2020 uh 2024 where i didn't have a lot of people to kind of sell off per se um Mm -hmm. outside of maybe grisham um but you know there's there's so much there's a lot of young talent here um with a really good core um we'll see if i you know how that goes moving forward um yeah i was kind of surprised last year that i finished over 500 uh going to the season after after trading bregman especially trading him in division i expected to be you know maybe in the low low to mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a couple of surprising seasons from some guys. Um, uh, got some pretty good pitching performances from you know, Hansel Rodriguez and Omar Fernandez, who were both rookies last year. Um, had Tucapita Marcano come up for me the last quarter of the season, and he performed really well. It's just kind of an on-base machine for me. So, it, um, you know, looking at the team I have and who's – who was on my team, you know, guys like that, like Van Meter, it was really hard for me to look at it and say, you know, I can't compete this year. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is kind of a make or break year for me, which is going to decide, like I said, at July, I could be selling a lot of pieces, um, but, you know, we're going for it this year to try and at least contend for a wild card, if not the division.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and like, um, not, not that it necessarily has to be uh you know, a shift or whatever. But when uh, you're in the off season and like this one in particular, um, we had a really deep free agent class. Um, I think all, all positions had some crazy depth. Um, and uh, so I'm curious, like, how, how do you typically evaluate, like, the trade market or, you know, the approach your approach to free agency? Um, I know in the past, like, when you traded for Bregman, you, you moved some serious prospect weight that you had in, in uh, it to go out and get a guy like that. Um, so I'm curious, like at what point um, do you really try to get into the trade market and try to get a guy there or more look to free agency, stuff like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, everybody's touched on it, that free agency, you know, while it was a pretty deep class, there aren't those, you know, star players. Mm-hmm. That you'll see on a, on a year to year basis. So if if you want free agents, you're kind of you want the top guys. You're kind of, you're probably overpaying for you know second or even third tier guys. Um, you know where right. you could you can easily see drop offs, or you can go into you know the international guys we saw with um, with Da this year. And I was I was in on him until kind of the last the last minute um, dropped out when the price got higher and higher. Um, <laughs> th- thought about going to a six year for him, but uh, to, you know. Chose not to went after a couple of even of smaller guys. I was in on uh, Herman Marquez before he signed with um with Texas, and then Matthew Boyd before he I think he went to Atlanta, right? Um, but they were guys you know that I was looking at trying to get you know one more starter. Um, and I think you know in this league, to get the real top names, you have to be involved in, in the uh, in the trade market,
0: right? Because right.
1: because those guys just aren't becoming free agents. I think the only one I. The only real top guy I remember being a free agent in this league was I think Noah Syndergaard two years ago. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the free agent class has been really lacking in that star power. So I think you know that's part of why I was willing to make that trade for Bregman was you know using the the, the prospect collateral that I had you know inheriting that San Diego uh, prospect pool um, to get a to get a guy like Bregman you know was was something I felt like I had to do because it was the only way you're going to get a, a guy like Bregman
0: right yeah no that that definitely seems to be an accurate description uh you don't see a lot of big names uh not agreeing to an extension at some point um yeah so that's uh that's actually so were there any other guys in free agency um this wasn't in our outline but just curious were there other guys in free agency that you were targeting and um that uh didn't end up working out
1: um no there were too many other guys I, I kind of flirted with alberto mondesi for a little bit um uh-huh. the defensive shortstop you know a guy who's a three four award just kind of based on his defense and speed but uh kind of backed off on that too um you know i'm just kind of I mean, i'm just not looking to give out those contracts i'm starting to reach a point where you know i haven't had an issue so far in this league where money's been too tight for me um and now I'm at a point, kind of where I'm, I'm getting to, to the point where I'm, I'm really at like the limits of my budget. So I'm trying, right. I'm trying to avoid getting those kind, of those guys who can easily fall off. You know, if I want, if I want someone, I'm pretty much have to get them on my terms at this point.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're, you're counting the days for that Hosmer contract. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
1: I, I think I'm gonna throw a party when that contract's off my books
0: yeah right um yeah well uh that's kind of a good so we'll we'll go back to um because i'm interested in some of the guys on your block i i don't know if hosmer was on the latest block but i think we can all assume he is always on the block um (laughs) but um yeah so we kind of touched on on um bregman already and i think you may have kind of explained a little bit of your thinking um, you know, when you traded for him and then you ended up uh, trading him away. Um, but could you just kind of talk about Bregman and then uh, maybe some other guys? Like, um, I think you traded away Denelson Lamette mm-hmm. and uh, David Fletcher. Um, and then you got back some guys like Catel Marte and like you mentioned, Byron Buxton. So, yeah, just for like Bregman and, and Lamette and Fletcher, kind of your thoughts on, on moving them.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bregman was... Um mostly you know he he the first two years i had him i think he was at like 11 million dollars a year Mm -hmm. and then that escalated quickly to 28 and that's kind of why i I decided to move on from him plus i knew i realized hatis just wasn't a shortstop and he he had to move over to third so that you know freed up money and opened up a spot for you know my best player to play somewhere where he's going to be you know much more reliable defensively Mm -hmm. um you Know ideally, I wouldn't have traded him to, to Colorado and I mean in <laughs> division, but um, you know, I think the package they gave me headlined by Jack Lighter was just too good to right. give up compared to some of the other offers I had,
0: right? Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, I, I think that's that's true of any you know in real life or you know, OTP if. And maybe some teams don't adhere to it. I know the Rockies in real life absolutely refuse to trade Nolan Arenado to the Dodgers, even though the Dodgers would have given him given them the best package, um, especially compared to that Cardinals package. But um, yeah, no, sometimes it feels like uh, you're, even if it's in division, you just got to pull the trigger based on the return. Um, yep. And, and uh, yeah, no, I, uh, wasn't better at all that Bregman <laughs> who I already didn't like because I'm a Dodgers fan and right. the Astros cheated in 2017 now was um, in the division. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So then um, uh, and then you, you traded away Lamette um, and I know Fletcher was really struggling um, who I traded to you way back when uh, the league first started and I was GM of the angels. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious your your thoughts on Lamette. Is that kind of the situation where you? Um, I'm not totally up to date on his his contract. I'm taking a look now. So, um, is that the kind of thing where you you didn't necessarily want to pay him, or um, or you just wanted to kind of maximize return on the on his value?
1: Um, a little of both. Uh, the well, he I had signed him to a pretty reasonable deal, I think, before the. 2022 season um mm-hmm. and then as soon as i signed that deal he just kind of dropped off a right. little bit he was really good in, in 21 um and then 2022 posted an area over five um wasn't really going deep into games and then 2023 he made five starts he was looking better and then got hurt uh so he right. went out basically from you know may to july i think i traded him when he was just about a week left on the on the dl mm-hmm. um this year moved him, you know, for a, I think a, a decent prospect package um, from the Rays where he, he was much better. Um, You know, I, it's, it was more of just kind of getting out of a contract before it could become really bad. Like I said, again, I'm kind of reaching a point where um, I'm low on money. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, if you could have, if you would have been, been the guy he was for Tampa for me, I would have absolutely kept him. You know, I'd love million dollars. That's, really good value. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was just kind of getting out of that money right now before he, he dropped even further and, you know, became a little, even more of a, a bad deal.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, whenever you have um, a significant arm injury, um, there's always, there's always a a risk that Mm -hmm. they, they take a nosedive. Yeah, they take a
1: long um, and they become fragile, or you know, it's just the numbers just don't go right, don't go far farther south than you wanted to.
0: Yeah, no, um, I think, uh, and and the worst part being that it seems like the the nosedive of the ratings is like right before they get healthy. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like all excited that okay, maybe they weren't that affected, and then. And then, right before they come back, it's like, you yep. know, huge drop. yeah,
1: and even if if even if the ratings don't drop, sometimes you get those guys whose stamina drops from like sixty, and all of a sudden there are thirty five stamina and they can you know they're barely a a passable starter.
0: right, right. Yeah, at which point the value of eleven million is uh, no more. Um, right. And then, um, what about Fletcher? I think uh, you traded me back way back yeah. garrett richards and um yeah. greg garcia who had star like,
1: that first year
0: yeah he was an all-star right yeah. i he was close he was either an all-star or was definitely got a lot of votes but uh yeah that was totally random um <laughs> but uh yeah just curious your thoughts on fletcher i know you, i know you moved him to cleveland to looked like he he wasn't really performing very well um in san diego
1: yeah, he. I mean, he was really good for me those first two years. Um, you know, he was he was almost right at a four WAR player for me in twenty twenty one. You know, he was hitting three hundred, getting on base at a, a good clip. You know, slugging over four hundred and playing. You know, great defense. He was, he's a phenomenal defensive second baseman. Uh, then in twenty twenty two, then you know the batting average dropped below two fifty, and he's just not a guy who's going to be able to carry a two fifty batting average because he doesn't have have the power. Um, or the eye to really bring up his OBP or slugging enough to right. make him a passable player. So once that batting average dipped, um, I held on to it for, for 2023, and then it just, you know, just didn't get much better. So it, it felt like a move I had to make, just, get, just move him along, um, get what I can for him.
0: Yeah, and it looks like you traded him for a, a pretty interesting uh, two way player,
1: Xavier um, Z- uh, Curry.
0: Yeah. Who that is an awesome name, yeah. First off, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, definitely looks like he's a more of a pitcher than he is a first baseman, yeah, but still, he's nice. he's pretty reasonably good at everything,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I actually lost him somehow. If he got, yeah, it looks like I accidentally released him, but oh, yeah, yeah, uh, so be it sometimes. It now he's out.
0: on the South Shore Rail yeah, um, yeah. You know,
1: you know when sometimes it happens sometimes i've lost guys before like that uh i'm not gonna I'm not really gonna sweat it right now
0: yeah well no i've seen i've seen people like um when i was commissioner of TLG mm-hmm. there was a guy who like released his first round draft pick <laughs> um and then was you know that guy was obviously picked yeah. up immediately right um, but um yeah, yeah well hey if he's in a oh no he's not in an indie league is he um, so I was gonna say you should just buy him, buy him right back. Um, but what is that league that he's in?
1: I'm pretty sure it's a new league.
0: Huh. Yeah. Well. Um, so then let's talk about some of the guys you got back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you already mentioned Buxton a little bit, but um, Cattell Marte is it an interesting kind of journey through the majors from he went from the diamondbacks to Boston and then now he's in San Diego. Um, so I take it. He was kind of, uh, he kind of made, uh, Fletcher seem more expendable. Um, I think he was traded before, uh, you got Fletcher.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 it's, it was, I've actually, he had a team option that I declined actually, uh, on kettle Marte. That was kind of, uh, I know. I I think Brian touched on it getting um Emilia Valencia back for him. Um, it was I believe Valencia and Hudson Potts,
0: right? And Hudson Potts
1: was more of, for me, more of a quadruple A guy, first baseman who just kind of never got his footing in the majors and was not like you know was not going to be anything. He was already twenty six. Uh, Valencia's, you know, interesting, but I think I had a number of similar players um to him that he was expendable for me. Um, right. but yeah, I was looking at Kettle Marte as, as a potential, um, you know, more of a gap to gap hitter, which I think worked better in, in San Diego than, than those mm-hmm. big power bats. Um, just hoping he would kind of maybe turn around in San Diego a little bit, and it just didn't happen. Um, right, and then so the you know, the it became a fairly easy decision to decline that option. Um, you know, I was thinking maybe I would get a, a pretty good second baseman on it on a relatively cheap deal for a relatively low prospect price but you know it didn't work out that way.
0: Yeah, and I have no idea how the Angels signed him to a minor league contract. <laughs> uh I mean, you know, he definitely struggled. Yeah. In, in San Diego, no doubt about And, you know, yeah, I mean, he has really not performed well since the 2022 season. Um but yeah, that's pretty crazy that yep. that they got him on that deal. Um, But, yeah, him hitting 225 with an OBP of 295 Mm -hmm. is not ideal, Mm -hmm. um, especially when you have a looming team option. Yep. Um, And then Buxton, who you just traded for um, recently, Mm -hmm. uh, curious your your thoughts on him. Obviously a defensive wizard, um, but can swing the bat too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of um, my goal. Now I kind of finally have a set path for what I want to do with this team. You know, it only took me four seasons, but um, <laughs> you know, try to build around defense and pitching um, playing in San Diego, um, not, you know, not necessarily going for those big power bats, which I've kind of looked at before a little bit, you know, training for guys like Jake Bowers, who's been good for me, but um, you know, I, I don't think guys like that will necessarily work in San Diego. Um, so getting a guy like Buxton who can, you know, man center field with the best of them. And then, you know, that allows me to kind of, you know, if if you build enough of enough defense around them, it becomes a situation where you can live with kind of less than stellar pitching. As long as, you know, the movements, as long as you got guys with movement um, and you can field, then you're, you're, you're kind of in an okay spot, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what I'm trying to do now using guys like Gabby Arias uh, who's you know more of a defensive guy up the middle um, can hit a little but is you know is probably going to be my starting shortstop next year um, and that's kind of the direction I want to go with this team to really be a, really be a good defensive team as opposed to just being one that's geared for offense in a park that doesn't really suit that
0: right yeah and uh, a 22 zone rating is certainly going to help some fly ball pitchers that's for sure <laughs> um that's insane, twenty-two. Yeah, um,
1: and I know I think Harrison Bader was a free agent too, and I looked at him, but um, and I think he's a little better of a hitter than Buxton, but uh, Buxton, but right. it, it made sense to you know guarantee myself the guy with the trade rather than going the free agent route.
0: Right. Um. Also, just noticed in the FTD Talk Channel, the the Rangers have gotten the number one overall pick which is a surprise. just thought I would mention that because...
1: Breaking news on podcasts.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) That's the whole point of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, so then um, we'll kind of transition back to talking about guys on your block. Mm -hmm. So obviously you inherited Eric Hosmer's deal, which I think to this day people are kind of scratching their heads at. Not to say that he's totally invaluable to the Mm real-life franchise, but that was quite a commitment to someone like him, um, which you are now dealing with in OOTP. Um, But have you had any like serious talks in moving Hosmer over the years, or is it always just kind of been an albatross that you can't really seem to get out from?
1: It's been more of an albatross. You know, it's understandably guys if they're going to take on that deal want, you know, something big in return um, that I just haven't been able to meet you know, and especially because, I mean, the money hasn't really, you know, even with that contract, I've been in pretty good shape in terms of, in terms of my cap space. Um, you know, this is the first time that's really coming becoming a problem where, you know, having that $13 million that could be extremely helpful, but um, right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a deal I would have liked to move, but I, I wasn't actively, you know, trying to get rid of, you know, top 100 top 200 prospects just to move that money um right so it it just became something i had to sit with you know it's at this point it's more the roster spot that's a problem than anything else
0: right yeah yeah no um i think it's every every gm has a different strategy when it comes to getting rid of money and uh, you know at least he's uh there's some a little bit of value left. It's not like he's you know Chris Davis or something, right? <laughs> you know, which you know at least the guy can come off the bench and
1: yeah. know, hit a home run.
0: Yeah, he uh, can come off
1: the bench. He can pinch it. He can you know he can play good. He's still a good defensive first baseman. Um, and he's you know a captain, so that right. that always helps. Um, yeah, and it, I mean it's not a situation where like uh, in, in the the one league I'm in in OOP TP twenty on, on the Tigers. You're sitting there with that Cabrera contract where he's basically half your payroll and is just maybe the worst player in in the league. Right. So, you know, it's not that bad. Where you know, (laughs) at at least I've been able to work around him financially.
0: Right. Yeah. No, definitely not to that level. Uh, (laughs) And then um, what about, so Anderson Espinosa, um, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, He, correct me if I'm wrong, was once a very highly... Rated prospect, um, or so I recall. Let's see,
1: yeah, he was. He was, I don't know if he was ever a top 100 guy, but he was, you know, in the the 100 to 300 range, something like that, right? Um, I think he missed most of the 2020 season, came back and just never really got it together, um, right? I, I put him on the 40, I think, one year to, to protect him from the rule five, and now it's just kind of he's just a guy eating up a 40 man spot, um. Right. That I just don't need.
0: Yeah, I seem to remember um, looking at him once. Yeah, and now just looking at his scouting history, he's had quite a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely some some long term arm injuries. Yeah, he I mean, he's a um, guy
1: I actually waived is now you know just sitting in my in AAA. Um, right. Because I I don't think anyone no one really wanted to take him on their, on their forty men.
0: Right. And then. Um, Another guy you have on there, Owen Miller, um, seems like it's kind of a similar deal. He's just kind of hanging out in AAA. Um, yeah. I think you've always you've always said that you, you have like a a wealth of depth in AAA generally. <laughs> where some one year you had like a ton of outfielders that yeah could have certainly been on a major league roster. Yeah.
1: Um I, last year I had Sam Hilliard and Nomar Mazzara. I think. And it just kind of reached a point where they were just eating at-bats in AAA. And I have kind of a a line of, of outfielders that really could have used those at-bats, um, but didn't want to right. out release them. Right. So it's like, it, you know, you get those situations where you get these log jams. And, um, you know, sometimes you, you sign these guys to the to these, you know, minor league contracts and they end up just kind of being albatrosses on your AAA team.
0: Yeah, Right. No, there's there's definitely guys like that. I wasn't going to complain that Yoannis Cespedes was taken in the Rule Five draft because <laughs> he was he was, uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. even remember why I signed him, but yeah, definitely know what you mean when uh, you got a guy that's just mm-hmm. blocking blocking a younger guy that should be getting you, the the at bats. Right. Um, and then so the next thing we'll talk about. Um, I think you've always had. A wealth of prospects, like you said, you kind of inherited a really good farm system, and now you have, let's see, you have three top, three prospects in the top fifty. Um, so I'm curious, um, of all your prospects, is there one or two guys that you are most excited about watching their development? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, the the first guy I think of it is is Reginald Preciado, who mm-hmm. I, I inherited, but was in my you know in the international complex. Who is now, you know, I've, I know we've discussed Jose Escorchi a couple of times in the in the Slack, a guy I, I just straight up bought from, from an indie league, right? But, you know he's he's so weird because his numbers just don't, ever match kind of the ratings that you see from him. Um, he's always he's spent two years in the Arizona Fall League where he's been really good, just hasn't hit in the minors. And I'd see Reginald Preciado as, as probably, a more sure prospect than him. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I I really like Preciado and Jack Leiter, who I got in the Bregman trade. Um, Should be my rotation this year. Um, We'll see if he ends up, you know, breaking camp with the team. Um, And then, you know, just because he was my first draft pick, Blaze Jordan, another guy whose numbers hasn't really matched the ratings. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that eventually that that power really develops and he can be my first baseman in the future.
0: Yeah, I remember when you drafted him and you you were were a little disappointed. Uh, at his initial ranking, but he's definitely yeah. climbed up through the ranks. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is with the uh, BNN prospect ranking, but it, it doesn't seem to account. Cause like Escorche has really bad gap power, um, but you know, everything else, like he has really good power and really good defense. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd be curious to know what like the, the, the algorithm Right. is because sometimes it ranks these guys like crazy high and then you like you said you look at the stats you know look the stats are important you know when you yeah. when you're looking at a guy like that um and yeah i've seen quite a few um you know top 50 guys that you're just like how yeah <laughs> how are they this high um
1: i mean i'll say this somehow even th- despite the fact that he hit 218 with a 591 ops he was still a 2.3 WAR player at right? at a ball mm. last year, right. just, you know, a hundred, 104 games. So, you know, maybe his defense is really, is that good? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like guys like Joey Gallo where yeah, they might not fit the traditional
1: mm-hmm.
0: bill of, uh, you know, a productive player, but if they, if their OPS right. is high enough, then, there's still a value. Um, yeah, yeah. There's another top prospect I think for the Mariners who I traded away, who has a very similar kind of rating profile to J. Um I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Jose Aguilar. A mm-hmm. um, little bit different in he, he's, I mean, he's the fourth ranked prospect. Escorche is number one. But yeah, the same thing. We're like super low gap power. Um, and then if you go look at his stats in the minors, you're like, yeah, well, he's. He's not terrible, but you're just kind of like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, his his uh, average and on base percentage last year was pretty, you know, pretty average. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are guys like that that are interesting kind of ones you, you just watch. And yeah, then...
1: I mean, a, a scorch is also 5'10", 150 pounds, and he projects for 70 home run power. So I don't know how <laughs> that I don't know how that matches up.
0: Yeah, well, I will take whatever he's he's on because yeah. that's some serious power. Uh, yeah, no, he's definitely interesting and w- one of many guys you have uh, purchased from the indie Leagues and yes. had jump into the top five hundred. So um, yeah, I admire admire your ability to scour through that because I just do not have the patience <laughs> for the like just look navigating the OOTP interface and trying to find those gems seems I'd- to be. I can tedious. give
1: you my I can give you my player search filters for that.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. The filters are probably yep. probably save a ton of time.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Same thing when I go through and look for like, you know, I try to find that trainer buried deep somewhere in yeah. the indie leagues like this trainer is. Yeah. Is a, uh, you know, per- legendary preventative, you know, ratings or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. Um Cool. So now we're going to go into the uh, very unfair part of this podcast where we ask you to predict uh, a couple of things. Um, Predictions that are obviously, you know, I think we're at February 2024 in game. So actually, you know, maybe a little more fair than Brian having to predict uh, because now some of the free agent signings, there's been some movement um, and teams are starting to kind of form their, you know, opening day rosters. But but um, if you were to predict, and I trademarked this, so to speak, uh, the ass hat predictions <laughs> for our division, um, based on that meme going around for the uh, AL West, yeah. um, if you were to predict the final standings of the NL West uh, at the end of the 2020, 2024 season, I'm curious what you would rank that as.
1: Um, yeah. Um, it's rough. I mean it's hard not to, you know, I mean, they, they won the world series. i you know, pick Colorado to win, win the division again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, assuming there's no huge drop off in their in their bats. Um, got, got to think they're going to be right there again. Yeah. Um, you know, with you, with your Dodgers probably wanted to, um, I can, I can definitely see Arizona, you know, and me fighting it out for that three, four spot and, you know, San Francisco being pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can, you know, last year, I think four of us were over 500. Um, I don't have the exact standings in front of me, but, uh, and I I mean, San Francisco is really like, they're not far behind at all. You know, they're nipping on our heels. So it's, it's a division where I can see everyone, you know, being at something like, you know, every, every team winning at least 77, 78 games. Um, You know, I I think it's going to probably, I'd go Rockies, Dodgers, I'll, I'll give my Padres third place and then the Diamondbacks and the Giants, you know, it could be something like someone winning 87, someone winning 86, someone winning, you know, <laughs> and the Giants, you know, right around 500, something like that, because um, this division just been so, you know, crazy. Even even when teams run away with it, the other teams aren't bad, so it's 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 kind of crazy like that
0: yeah no and and uh i think it'll be interesting too because the diamondbacks will be getting back alec thomas who Mm -hmm. who was injured pretty early last year yeah um and uh yeah no even when i was uh chasing the number one wild card spot and the diamondbacks started winning like crazy (laughs) this past year, i was like okay can you guys just calm down for a second (laughs) um yeah the giants definitely feel like you know and kind of like in real life in past years where um, they definitely seem like a team that maybe on paper, you know, they're, they're still a year away, mm-hmm. but they could definitely surprise and uh, win a lot more games um, than anyone expects. Like mm-hmm. that, that year, the, the real life giants were the wild card team and then won the world series. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, um, I,
1: and I'll say in this league, a diamond back seems to be a team that just the second half of the seasons, they just like, come on. Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. I mean, they did it to me in in, uh, 2022 when it looked like, you know, the three teams at the top of the division were all going to make the playoffs and then my team just collapsed and Arizona just didn't lose for what seemed like two months. Right. Um, And then they did seem to do the same thing again. Um, So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to rule them out especially when, you know, they lost arguably their best player pretty much in, you know, what, May of last year. So.
0: Yeah. No, that was, that was a tough, tough injury for sure Mm -hmm. um yeah it was may of last year seven months um all right so you said the rockies at one which i i tend to agree with Mm -hmm. Uh, i think um i think picking against them at this point is pretty difficult (laughs) um especially yeah i mean my daughters have some question marks for sure in terms of the rotation Mm -hmm. um and then, yeah, it'll be, I mean, across the board, it'll be a dog fight. I think I, I joked, half half joked about this division that uh, we're all going to be 500 <laughs> because <laughs> we're all just going to be, uh, you know, beating each other up so much that uh, it's going to be hard for any one team to really pull out ahead too much. Yeah. But um, it,
1: it feels like it should be like that. But it, it's because, like I said, you know, even when Colorado or, or your Dodgers are are running away with it. No one like, you know, the Diamondbacks and, and my Padres have still kind of been there. Right. It's you know, it's not like one, you know, two teams are winning ninety five to hundred games and everyone else is under five hundred. So it right. seems like we're just beating up in all the other divisions.
0: Yeah, maybe it'll come down to how many interleague mm-hmm. games yeah. uh the you know, each team has in the schedule. And right. um and yeah, I think I think strength of schedule just really is a huge factor mm-hmm. in a division like because um you know, it's, uh, like the Rockies in the second half, you know, they are still a really good team obviously, but, um, I had, I had a winning percentage, uh, strength of schedule. That was like way harder. <laughs> um, and also I had a lot of games versus them so, Yeah. and they had a high winning percentage. So, yeah. Um, I feel like stuff that might not be as, uh, significant in other divisions is definitely gonna, um, be, be a factor. Right. Um, or OOTP will just completely out of nowhere make all of our teams <laughs> awful for some reason. Yeah. And you know it um,
1: happen.
0: Yeah, and you know, Brian and I kinda of talked about last time last podcast about how people complain about OOTP being unrealistic. I'm like, really, it's not that unrealistic. I mean, you look at the the Dodgers this year, we've lost the yeah, real life Dodgers have lost twelve out of sixteen yeah. after you know, dominating the first right. twenty games. And, uh, you know, we're maybe having that world series hangover and the, the Cubs after they won the world series, you know, they, they made the playoffs, but Mm -hmm. really it was downward spiral since then. And so, I mean, it's not uncommon for really talented teams on paper to just completely fall off and, and, you know, guys like the giants or maybe your Padres will, uh, you know, surprise and, um, take one of those wildcard spots or even the, the division based on injuries and all that, um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, but yeah, you had, you had Rockies, Dodgers, Padres, Diamondbacks, Giants. Yep. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll revisit and, um, you know, whichever team you ranked below you, I think Tyler and, and, uh, and, um, God, I'm forgetting his name. Holy shit. What's his name? Austin. Austin. Um, sorry, there's too many, just, we all have the same name. There's like 14 (laughs) Camerons. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Austin and Tyler will will make sure to bring this back and uh, yeah, haunt well, you with sure. it if if uh, you were wrong. But no, I think I think that's a pretty pretty fair prediction. Um, and then even more unfair of an un- <laughs> of a prediction, uh, if you were to predict who will make the World Series and then who will win the World Series, you know, obviously this is a quite a stab in the dark in some respects, but. Um, I'm curious uh, who you think will, will make it and then who will end up winning.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's right now. It feels really hard to pick against the Braves they've done. I mean, that, that lineup is, is mm-hmm. scary, you know, and they can do, they can play defense. Um, they're pitching. I think they need, they probably need another starter at some point, but right. uh, their top three are really good. Um it's like it's hard to pick against them in the NL, and then um, in the AL. I mean, you know, everybody keeps saying it. It's hard to think that Cleveland just can't get get over that hump. And I think you know, it's possible that this is finally the year where they do where that lineup. You know, you know the the, the playoffs are perhaps you. We all know that, uh, but I yeah. think they, they probably have the best team on paper in the American League. So I'm going. All right.
0: That. Yeah. So that's I think you and Brian both uh, picked Atlanta versus um, Cleveland. And um, so we'll have to get Hayden on the pod (laughs) to uh, angrily defend his, uh, his defending champ Rockies. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. The the Braves have made uh, some pretty good moves and um, it wouldn't be one of these podcasts without, um, you know, praising Zach at the end. So (laughs) that'll just be the recurring theme. We'll just have a segment where, (laughs) both me and the guest um praise zach for his abilities um yeah no it, that's that's a, a solid prediction and so if you had to pick between atlanta versus cleveland who do you think would come out on top in the world series
1: um i'll go with cleveland yeah yeah i mean i think their are pitching is uh, right now they're pitching probably a little deeper um right uh and that that's pretty much the difference for me i mean it's it's those both both those lineups are just incredible.
0: Yeah, it's geez. hard to
1: differentiate.
0: Logan Allen as your fifth starter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's unfair.
1: Yep. Yeah. and I mean, God, the year Luis has just had is just remarkable.
0: Yeah, seriously, God. Yeah, nine ninety, OPS <laughs> six point seven WAR. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, no, I, I think that's a, a blockbuster matchup for sure, and um, yep. I think that would be a super entertaining series. Um, and yeah, what? No idea what what's wrong with. Uh, I mean, I think um, I, th- I think Shane said he was going to make some uh, front office changes um, <laughs> after this this last run, but um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll book it. Yeah. So atlanta versus versus Cleveland, and uh yeah maybe I should I'll keep a running tally of of everyone's predictions and then you know when it comes time to the end of the year we'll we'll look at the division and and the uh, world Series and see if uh if it matches up um, yeah. but cool all right well um I don't have anything else um, but thanks for for taking the time and uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, where the Padres go from here. I think you're another team that definitely has talent. You, you definitely had some guys like Paddock and when you had LeMet, you know, guys like that that mm-hmm. should be performing, but right. uh, weren't necessarily performing on paper or they, they were good on paper, but not performing, you know, in the games, which we have to play the games, right? Yeah. That's, that's uh you know, why we do this. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at your team now. You've got... Uh, got a lot of you got a lot of good pitching you got you got good offense um you know buxton in, in, in center field is is a interesting pickup so um i think you and like i said you and the giants are right there as a team that uh, could definitely surprise um and win a lot more games than anticipated so yeah. we, we will see <laughs> cool all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time and uh, we will uh, we'll catch you on FTD talk. And, you know, I'm sure you and I will we'll uh, have another one of our, you, you know, <laughs> periods of time where we only trade with one another. Yeah, <laughs> it, it seems like we did that when I first, you know, we first started the league yep. and then there was some downtime and then came picked up again. So
1: we'll carry we'll, uh, it over to S A H L too.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah, so we'll exchange our entire rosters again at some point. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: All
0: right, man. Have a good rest of your night. You too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye Bye. Bye.